pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Happy weekend, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the 1620 to Jays podcast. I'm John Bishop. Coming up on today's show, Connor Happer and Josh Peterson are going to take a look at the women's basketball schedule coming up as the Blue Jays and Coach Jim Flannery have another big season ahead trying to defend that Elite Eight performance from a year ago. Later on in the program, I'm going to get a chance to sit down with Chris Gannon. He is the Creighton cross-country coach, and for the first time in a decade, Creighton cross-country is going to host a multi-team event right here in the Omaha metro area. I think you're going to enjoy our conversation and a chance to expose everyone to some sports that just don't get a lot of attention around here, cross-country. So that'll be coming up in just a few minutes. Also, we'll take a look around Creighton Athletics, get you up to date on what's happening over the next few days. But first... My colleagues, Josh Peterson and Connor Happer, with a look ahead to the 2022-23 women's basketball schedule. All right, John, thank you very much. It is time for the second time in three weeks to look ahead to one of the basketball team schedules. We did the men's schedule a couple of weeks. If you uh, missed that, go check out the, the podcast from a couple of weeks ago. But Connor Happer, Josh Peterson are back today, Connor. We're looking at the women's basketball schedule. A team obviously had an incredible year last year, making it all the way to the Elite Eight, uh, where they fell to South Carolina, but a couple of upsets along the way, that memorable win in Iowa City versus the Iowa Hawkeyes. It, it's a team, as we'll get into in a couple of minutes, a lot of games are on over-the-air television, a lot of games, uh, big-time games. This is this is going to be a fun season, and I'm looking forward to seeing how they handle all the expectations that they're going to have this year versus last. It's so exciting. Like, they're they're in such a good place right now with all the returning, you know, production. That I, I, I have some stuff on that. We'll get to that in a second just to sort of, like, set the scene. But I, I can't believe that we're, you know, like three, four weeks away here from I know. exhibitions. And they, I mean, just first blush. It's a tough schedule. They, they, this is the type of schedule, you know, Max talked about this on the men's side, mm -hmm. but this is, this is the schedule that you schedule for when you have an NCAA tournament team and you want to test them. And, um, you know, there is some really tough opponents right out of the gate and, you know, there's biggies play as well. So we'll get into that, but man, there's, there's a lot to like about this team and, and the schedule that they've put together. Yeah, absolutely. You, you know, you look at last year, a, a, a lot of similar teams are going to be in the non-conference. Of course, the other two uh, Nebraska teams, they're going to be in there. Dakota schools, you know, they're going to be in there as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like this, this is a group that wants to challenge itself. That's what Jim Flannery wants to do with this program. And, and so for a team that went 23 and 10 last year, 15 and five 
overall. And, you know, they, they pushed UConn when they went up to stores in early January. They only lost that game by eight, obviously returning to, to Omaha. That game didn't go uh, like some folks were, were hoping for, but it was a team that challenged themselves last year. And I'm with you, man. Like, I, I, first of all, I can't believe that the season's about to start already. We're going to have exhibition games to watch this month, uh, and then we'll have you know other other games to watch as well. But a fun group of, of returning players, a fun group of new players as well, and the uh, schedule, I think it sets up for a, for a lot of fun, especially in the non-conference. Okay, so just to set it up, I mean, th- this team, if you're wondering, all right, what, what kind of team are we talking about coming yeah. back after making an Elite Eight run last year? So I did some math before we, uh, before we got on here. 84, they bring back 84% of their points. Incredible. Uh, they bring back over 2,000 points. They bring back 73% of their rebounds, 84% of their three-pointers, and 76% of their minutes. There's only really two people that aren't, there's only two girls that aren't there anymore that were m- main contributors last year for Creighton, and, and you know those will be losses. But, man, when you talk about bringing that caliber, that chunk of production back, I mean – that's why the schedule sets up the way it does. That's why you do what you do and, and you feel like you could test this team. They're old, they're experienced. Yep. yep. And, and they have so much, they have so much production coming back too. Yeah, and, and you talk about the production, and I mean, you just look at the raw points per game. Emma Ronsick, great year last year, led the way, averaging basically 14 points per game. Lauren Jensen, who had that just Unreal. incredible performance, of course, in Iowa City, uh, very memorable, hitting that shot. Uh, late, you know, to, to help them get the victory there. And then Morgan Molly. So you have your top three returning scores right there, you know, missing out on on a, on a Tatum Rambau, uh and that type of leadership. You know, that, that, that'll be interesting because Tatum did such a great job uh, within that leadership role. But to, to see that much just raw, pure production. And, and dude, you know, we've been watching sports a long time. And, and I think basketball is always a fun one of like uh, growth, from year to year and, and, you know, finding that confidence in yourself at the end of one season and what that can mean the next year. I always like seeing that the most in hoops. And so I can't wait to see the, I mean, as we just talked about those top three, top four, when you count bachelor as well, like what type of production could that mean for the Jays on the floor in the 2022, 2023 campaign? Like how often do you see it? Teams that make deep NIT runs yep. and, and bring back stuff from the next year. And in this case, a deep NCAA tournament run for Creighton where they just, you know, they ran into they ran into South Carolina in the NCAA tournament. I, I don't know how long that would have went, but it they proved that it wasn't a fluke. And then you bring that back. Um, and and yeah, the expectations are are sky high. I don't just quick aside, I guess. Yeah. They're not quite as high maybe as the men, but I don't know why they, they wouldn't be. I mean, there's, they're, they're going to be a top, a preseason top 25 team, I would think. Um, and, and then you sort of go from there. Yeah. I, I I'm with you. You know, it, when, when you have teams or programs like this, that maybe kind of come out of nowhere, like they did to make that run, you know, going on the road, like they did, maybe the expectation is like, can they do this? for a second straight season. And and so that that's the cool part about this year too. Like it's fun in the, in the, you know, uh, micro sense, but the macro sense of like, what could this program be? What, what could Jim Flannery be putting together? Uh, so di- diving into the schedule, as, as we mentioned, uh, uh, g- games in October, just already under three weeks away now, Hap, they'll, they'll have a, a game against Missouri Western. Uh, they'll have a game against Truman State. Uh, and, and so it's like, oh my gosh, you know, that they're playing some, some, uh, some exhibition preseason games against those two teams. And, and then they got some matchups, you know, with the Dakota schools and at South Dakota state at South Dakota early on in the month of November. 
So even even the exhibition games with Missouri Western was a I believe a twenty three game winner last year. <laughs> they you know they went deep into their tournament. Uh, Truman State was you know above five hundred too. Just looking into them briefly uh, from last year. So even the exhibitions you're going to get tough, and, and you know the Midwestern um, non you know non power schools are mm-hmm. always going to be tough, and that's where usually you know the, your champions come from. And then you start out right away. With with South Dakota State, you know, a, a perennial, you know, an NCAA tournament team. Yep, beat them by twelve last year. When you when you look up and down the schedule, we'll, we'll pick out some individual games here that are going to be really important. But you know, the strength is is really incredible. So there's 17 unique opponents on the schedule, and seven of them went to the NCAA tournament last year. Two of them went to the Final Four. <laughs> you know, they Not play, bad. They, Not they bad. Played two Final Four teams, and 12 of them went to the postseason. Um, you know, and so you had NIT. So basically, you know, a, a majority three fourths of their schedule is against team who went to teams who went to the postseason last year. And that's what we're talking about right off the bat. So the, the just quick math here. Yeah. The, I guess it wasn't quick math, but you know, I, uh, I looked into this, the combined record <laughs> of the teams that they played, uh, you know, of the teams that they're playing this year, last year was, uh, 372 and 249, which is a 60% winning percentage. Woo! And that includes Butler, who went one in twenty-seven last year. Um, and so, if you take Butler out, it's sixty-three like, percent. Jeez, yeah, because uh, one in twenty-seven is uh, that's not a very good winning percentage. No, that's, that's correct, Josh. Yeah, that that's is correct. Not very, that's not very good. Uh, so it's tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's tough. They beat South Dakota State last year by twelve, and right after that, uh, Nebraska comes home uh, to to Omaha at Northern Iowa at Omaha, and man, that. You were there at that game in Lincoln last yeah. year. It's funny because you would think like, hey, if you follow, you know, women's hoops last year and you find out, oh, wow, cool. Nebraska and Creighton played. That had to be a blast. They had to put up tons of points. That game was a rock fight. Nebraska won that one 67 to 62. So the Jays will be looking out uh, for revenge as uh, as the Huskers make the trip uh, back into Omaha. And then I mentioned at Northern Iowa at Omaha. And then it is Dude, it's nuts. There, there's a Drake game and an Arkansas game and a Stanford game in December. But Crazy. conference play begins on Black Friday when they travel to Xavier. So it's, you know, with, with the expanded league, uh, with UConn being added last year or a couple of years ago, and then we obviously have seen this in the Big Ten, you're moving up all of these conference games. But I don't really remember a men's or women's game. And maybe my memory's just bad, dude, but I don't remember one starting as early as late November before. So that's pretty interesting. I don't either. That, that is an insanely early start. The women, the women's schedule is always ahead a week, but I still yep. doesn't, it still doesn't make up enough time to, to really make sense. Um, so yeah, you're starting it on, on black Friday, going back to that Nebraska game for a second. I mean, after that game last year, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't exactly sure yet what to make of Creighton. And then it was basically right after that where they got hot. They beat, yep. they beat Arkansas, right? And and it sort of took off from there, and they rode that confidence for the rest of the season. And so those are going to be two really good teams this year. Nebraska returns a ton, too. That's going to be so much fun, and it's in Omaha this year. Um, Tuesday night, know, yeah. On a, on a Tuesday night, yeah. That should be that should be really, really fun. And then, you know, you bring, you, you bring in your, uh, your conference competition, basically not, not long after that. So it takes off pretty quick. Yeah. And, and so as we mentioned, after that Nebraska game, they're on the road and they're actually on the road for five 
consecutive matchups. Now, thankfully, two of them are Northern Iowa, so in Cedar Falls, the Omaha game, obviously, in town, but then at Xavier, at Nova, at St. John. So I'll, I'll be curious to, to as, as the season begins, talking to Jim Flannery, the head coach, about like, okay, how do you handle this? Because you're home on November 15th. You're not home again until December 10th. So, I mean, it's basically a month. Thankfully, yeah. again, the, the Omaha quote-unquote trip in there, but that, that'll be a, a pretty fascinating month just seeing kind of how they come out of it. They have a couple of, of uh, home games against Drake and against Arkansas and then at Stanford out in Palo Alto, and then it's back into conference. So they have, dude, they have that month and a half period where they're not really playing a whole lot in the friendly confines uh, of DJ Sokol. So I'm looking up right now. I, I don't know this off the top of my head. I didn't think about it before. So I wonder, like, when are finals cooked in there, too? That, that's got to be right around the time where they're starting that conference play. Um, my guess at- is it's so the Drake game is on de- de- December the 10th, and then they pl- don't play again until the 17th. So I'm guessing that is that is probably finals week. Um, and then, you know, the, the week before that dead week, because they, they play on Sunday, the fourth and then Saturday, the 10th. So yeah, over finals the court- are the fifth to the 10th. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So the week after finals is, so yeah, they have a nice, they have a nice little break, uh, there and, and then gosh, it's, it's nuts. Uh, You know, everyone, I imagine when the schedule came out, where's UConn, when's UConn, when are they coming to town for those of you wondering? Yeah. Early this year, Wednesday, December the 10th, UConn will, uh, will come into town and, and man, that one, like the 28th, excuse me, 28th, you, you look at the, 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 the game last year, the final score says Creighton lost by 20. That building was rocking. Creighton was up by, I believe, double digits early on in that one. But UConn just went on this run at the end of the first half into the second half uh, it, where they they outscored them. It was a pretty crazy period of time. And so be interested to see maybe this time with with the crowd in the moment, how they're able to handle it. Because, I mean, that's going to be, I have to imagine that that, that is going to be the one that everyone's circling on their calendar. It, there's a stretch and there's, there's a chunk right there. I mean, the, so that coming off the finals, the 10th, Drake is always a really competitive, you know, Missouri Valley team went to the, WNIT last year, Arkansas is an NCAA tournament team last year who you played, you play them at home a week after that. And then you go out to Stanford who went to the final four and you go, and then you bring in UConn a week after that. I mean, that is, that is a stretch for anybody, even, you know, some of the top programs in the country. So that's a challenge right there. And you could look at it in, you know, in the four there or, you know, in three or just the back-to-back games with Stanford and UConn. I don't think there's that many teams that are going to challenge themselves that way really at all. Now it's, you know, some of it is where the big East schedule falls and when you get UConn, but yeah, you know, going to going to play a one-off at, at Stanford out of the West coast, you know, right before Christmas, a team that, you know, went to the final four last year. Brutal. Uh, it's, it's just really crazy. And it's, it's cool that, that, you know, you're able to do that. And, you know, and I think this is kind of the case in the, in the women's basketball community a little bit, like, there's no, it's, we'll, we'll play it, you know, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and some of those, some of those top teams will, you know, will bring in a Creighton, even though they know they're going to be game. So I think that's really cool. And, and it's great that Creighton got that game. Yeah. And so we mentioned that the the game against UConn, that's a Wednesday, December the 28th, 730. So plenty of time to get there after work. Uh, DePaul on New Year's Eve. So the, the, the men have DePaul on Christmas Day in in Omaha. The women have DePaul on New Year's Eve. And how about this, man? It's a big Fox game. Like, you know, we spent some time celebrating that the men are going to be on CBS. They're, you know, women's hoops, 
there's really, it seems to be an effort this year by the networks to put more women's basketball on over the air. And so this DePaul game on New Year's Eve, that'll be really cool. What a cool opportunity for them to, to get on television in front of some more eyeballs uh, on Big Fox on, on New Year's Eve afternoon at 3 o'clock. And it's not just UConn either. Like, you know, this is a Creighton DePaul exactly. game. That's, exactly. That's going to be on Big Fox. Like, they could easily just said, all right, we'll just take all the UConn games and put them on there. But no, this is this is a really good showcase for for women's basketball and, and you know, some really, really good teams. DePaul's an NCAA tournament team mm-hmm. uh, last year as well. So, yeah, it's going to be really, really fun and a, a great start to the season. We're going to know a lot about them by New Year's. Definitely. <laughs> We're going to know a lot about them. Now, there, it's always you know, ride the waves of the season. Not that, you know, you get to that point and maybe you're slogging along a little bit, but because the schedule might, you know, tell you that it's going to be tough, but um, you know, they're going to be tested. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I guess more, more games too are going to be on television this year than that. I can remember, you know, I've been doing games for quite a few years for the Big East digital network and they'll have home games on CBS sports network. They'll have home games on FS one. And then obviously just mentioned, uh, the, the, the game that will be on big Fox. So it's, it's funny too, because the schedule bounces back and forth between these long road swings and, and some nice home swings as well. They'll have Providence Marquette and Seton hall back to back to back at home in, uh, in early January. And so a lot of, uh, Sunday, Wednesday, but they'll have the occasional Friday. I think the Friday night game versus Villanova. I think that that will be a pretty cool atmosphere, especially given that it's eight o'clock. So Plenty of time to uh, to to make the trip down there uh, before then another you know uh, two game swing on the uh, on the West Coast. So uh, it, it I think it's a good start. I wonder how they feel about having UConn right away, especially given as you mentioned a couple of minutes ago that it follows uh, that road trip to Stanford and a whole matchup with Arkansas. Well, it's a good. It, it's you know so you get UConn real early and then you get them pretty late too. And and the last you know you go there to stores um, with just three games left after that. So. Um, there's a there's a lot of work to be done in between, but those are sort mm-hmm. of measuring stick moments. And not that you have to measure yourself up against UConn, but I don't know, man. Like they might think, hey, this is the team where we could actually, you know, take a lot of things out of that. I think they did last year, and, yep. and I think they'll probably do the same this year. Yeah, absolutely. Anything in particular that stands out to you about the the latter half of the conference schedule? It's going to end this year. It doesn't go into March because of when the conference tournament is. So it finishes up on Monday, February 27th. That's the last home game of the year. So pretty cool that uh, senior night will will also be at the uh, end of the regular season. You just mentioned that road UConn game as well. Anything else jump out to you looking at the schedule? Well, I just think, you know, the, the big East has gotten more competitive as a, as a conference, um, you know, on, on this side of things now. And, and it's not, it's, it's not, there, there's obviously some cellar dwellers here and, and Butler was one in 27 last year. And that's, that's really, really tough. And, and there's a few that you could always look at and be like, ah, I'm not sure how they're going to be, but you know, I, I mean, there's, there's an, there, Villanova's an NCAA tournament team. DePaul's an NCAA tournament team. Um, and then, of course, UConn as well. Yep. Uh, Marquette went to the WNIT last year. Seton Hall went all the way to the WNIT final. Um, you know, all those those teams are in the last four or five games uh, that you have matched up on the year. So I, I don't. It's it's not a cakewalk, and even even for UConn, I mean, they're gonna get they're gonna get tested as well. But I, I'm curious to see like where you know a preseason poll might you know a, a conference poll might have. Creighton in comparison, because I mean, I imagine it's going to be right there and, and really competitive. And obviously, you know, UConn will be picked as the preseason favorite just by virtue of being UConn yeah, by <laughs> existing, by existing. 
Well, I don't know. I, I, I imagine that um, a lot of people are going to be watching this team pretty closely. Yeah, and I guess one more thing that I'll point out. They do play on Super Bowl Sunday, but nice and early, 1 o'clock, uh, and it's a home game too, so that's nice. Uh, 1 o'clock versus Xavier, and that game, uh, as as most of the, the conference games, will be on Big East Digital Network. And, of course, we'll have them uh, across the stations here at NRG Media. Uh, you know, last year I know we called games on 1290 as well as uh, 1180. So we'll have, I know, plenty of coverage, whether it's on the radio or, or even on 1620 The Jays podcast. It should it should be a fun season, man. Like, I was, I was pretty pumped going into last year. This one, though, given that there will be expectations and so much returning production and a really kind of cool and, and difficult schedule – I think it's going to be a whole lot of fun, and I can't wait to see what happens at the end of this month in the exhibition season and then when things get going in November. I can't wait, man. We're, we're right around the corner. We'll be filling up gyms again. It'll be, it'll be cold outside before you know it. That doesn't have to be the worst thing in the world. Uh, you could pack. And, and, and look, my guess would be um, if things start out pretty well, which I don't know, but you're going to start to see some people filing in the gym and some yep. attendance. You know, some attendance figures may be in within reach and stuff like that. Like this should be a really cool year, especially if they if they get hot early in the season. People will want to sort of pay attention right out of the gate. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Going to be a, uh, a whole lot of fun. So we'll have more coverage coming up on 1620 The Jays podcast of the women's team, especially once they get going, whether it's talking to Jim Flannery or the uh, players that are on the roster. Uh, really looking forward to, to talking to them and, and continuing to break it down with uh, Connor Happer. Of course, Connor Happer hosts the Connor Happer Show weekdays 10 to 2 on 1620 The Zone. I'm Josh Peterson, co-hosting on Sportsmanlike Conduct with John Bishop, weekdays 2 to 6. Speaking of John... John, back to you. Thanks, guys. And just as we have with many other Creighton sports, women's basketball returns to the radio this winter. You'll be able to hear the Jays in action all season long on our sister station, 1180 The Zone. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. You know, one of the cool things about starting the 1620 The Jays podcast is we get a chance to explore other Creighton sports that just don't get the love and attention 
that the higher profile sports like basketball, volleyball, and baseball get. And one of those sports is cross country. And next weekend, Friday the 14th, the Blue Jays, in cooperation with the Omaha Sports Council and Omaha, will get an opportunity to host their first multi-team event in a decade. The event is going to be taking place out at Mahoney State Park. It's called the Platte River Rumble. It'll be a women's 6K and a men's 8K run, and the event will take place early in the afternoon. In addition to a great cross-country event, there's going to be a DJ, there'll be food trucks, and a beer garden. So you can purchase your Nebraska Park Permit online ahead of time and print it off and join the folks for what should be a beautiful day out at Mahoney State Park in Ashland, Nebraska. Chris Gannon is the head coach of the Creighton men's and women's cross-country teams, and he joins us this week on the 1620 The Jays podcast. Coach Gannon, thanks for coming on. Thanks, John. Excited to be on and, uh, you know, you know, life life goals. Talked with John Bishop on the radio. So I, I don't know if that's a great life goal or not. My my wife would tell you something different. But you are hosting the Platte River Rumble on Friday, October the fourteenth. If my research is correct, it's been a at least a decade since Creighton has hosted a multi team event. First off, you know how long has it actually been, and and just what goes into putting something on like this? Because it's not just as easy as well. Let's just go find a place to run, and we're going to run. Yeah, no, it has been ten years since Creighton hosted a, a invitational meet. Um, that was Rob Anderson uh, providing that information for me the other day. But uh, the coach at UNO Cliff, um, he and I have known each other for quite a while. And um, well, some, one of the things that we've always talked about is you go to some other areas in the region or across the country, and there's these great big showcase meets uh, that are large regional collegiate meets, but also at the high school level as well. And so Cliff and I started dreaming probably five or six years ago about what we might be able to create here. Uh, we're really fortunate to get the Omaha Sports Commission on board. Um, obviously, anybody in Omaha area knows how great they are with the, the job they do with swim trials and curling and everything else that they bring to the area. So about three years ago, we started talking about what we could do. Um, it took us about a year, and we were fortunate to get in contact with the folks out at Mahoney State Park in Ashland. And um, two years later of, of work done by their crew out there and planning and just everything that's gone into it. Uh, yeah, we're, we're excited to host uh, on uh, Friday the 14th out of Mahoney State Park, the women race at one, men um, race at 145. We have food trucks and a beer garden and a DJ. So we're trying to create an event and not just a cross country race, trying to get people out there that, you know, maybe you're are fond of dollar beer night down at the CHI center or whatever that might be and, and just, and create an experience. And, uh, we're really excited. We have 14 teams coming in from the region. Um, you know, some quality, quality, high caliber competition. The course should be fast. Uh, we have, uh, timing set up for splits and it should be very fan friendly, um, with timing boards and things like that. So even if you're a casual, cross-country fan or if you're just uh, a fan of getting out of work early on a Friday afternoon uh, you know we'd love to see people out there yeah and Mahoney is a beautiful place of course you're right there along the Platte River I, I'm I'm guessing part of the course design is also to take advantage of maybe some of the scenery uh maybe a little bit so one of the things we did we, we obviously need a lot of space so the women yeah. are on 6k the guys are on 8k so one of the things we we had in mind when we were trying to create the, a venue um if you will is 
is to create it to be spectator friendly so that we could uh, come in and, and fans could see large portions of the races uh, that it would be an athlete friendly course as well, especially we'll be two weeks out from conference. People want a, an athlete friendly course. And what that means is a course that's not a lot of elevation change or uh, too challenging for them so that they can recover well. And yeah, the, the beautiful thing about the area we were able to lock in at Mahoney is we really honestly have moved no land. Uh, we use the natural contours of an open field and a prairie. Um, we've had to do a lot of work with a roller and, and mowing and things like that. We had to take out one or two trees, but the, the natural impact to the environment has literally been almost zero, which is pretty awesome uh, that we have this beautiful space just right here in our backyard, if you will, like you mentioned. And, uh, you know, we're excited to, to showcase a little bit of, of what that is and, and not just the meat itself, but, you know, what Mahoney State Park is as well. Chris Gannon, cross-country coach for Creighton, joining us here on the 1620 The Jays podcast. I, I assume with all of the legwork that has gone into something like this, that this is something you would not prefer it not to just to be a one-off, but maybe something you could do on a semi-regular or regular basis. Yeah, that's the goal. So uh, this year we're kicking off the, the college race on October 14th. Uh, next year, we will host a high school version of this meet on uh, Friday, September 8th. And then next year's collegiate race will be uh, Friday, October 13th, actually. So, yes, the plan is that this is the inaugural event uh, that this uh, becomes an annual event. And, uh, you know, Cliff and I have actually said after you know mentioned all the work that's gone into this if we do this the right way that this event and this course uh, will be here long after he and i are both have anything left to do with it and, <laughs> and to think about the impact that that can have on a sport that's done and given us so much as people uh, is pretty special and then that's you know maybe some days and the hours have been long or the work's been long like to think about what we're giving back is pretty spectacular the teams themselves, um, your teams in specific, uh, one thing that has been a hallmark of this program for the last few years is you're always with student athletes and the emphasis on student. The GPAs for both the men's and the women's team have always been among the best in the country. I know in this day and age, we tend to get a little cynical um, with some sports and, you know, whether or not this is for entertainment and business and whether or not this is for the education of the student athlete. But there's no question here that you you want this program to be about the school experience because, you know, this is this is what they're really here for more so than running. Just talk about, um, you know, kind of the philosophy that goes into you know, driving that goal of making sure that everyone does well in the classroom. Yeah. I mean, that goes back to, uh, you know, when I, when I interviewed for this job, you know, they asked me how I was going to build a successful program here. And I said, the first thing you have to do is you have to recruit Creighton kids. Um, and, you know, if you walk across campus, Creighton academically is, you know, it's a very prestigious academic institution. Um, I think we're ranked like 103rd in the nation or something like that, but always been tops in the Midwest, uh, especially when you look at the business and pre-professional health schools. So yeah, my goal was to find kids who belonged here, who fit the academics of Creighton. And so we've recruited to that. Um, and uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely some academic standards. There's kids and people that, you know, that reach out to our program who might be a good fit athletically, but if they're not going to be a good fit, not just academically for Creighton, 
but from a culture standpoint to Creighton, you know, Creighton's Jesuit values, men and women foreign with others, um, you know, the care personalis, you know, those things are, are just as important to us. And so when I look at our program, um, they get it done in the classroom. Obviously, our, our men's were academic champs, national champs last year uh, in the fall. Uh, our women were top. I think they were sixth off the top of my head, you know, last spring, uh, we ran track independently and, uh, we're able to then, uh, be, uh, up for the academic awards in the spring. Our men's were academic national champions in the spring for track and our women were national run up last year for track. So I think last spring we were three, eight, two and three, eight, five in the classroom, mm. uh, which is absolutely incredible. Especially yeah. when you, especially when you start to get into the majors that our kids have, like, half my team is, is pre-professional health of some sort or another, or another 40% in our business program. And then we have a few kids who are philosophy or education or art, but um, they're definitely getting it done. Obviously, uh, you know, there's a lot of kids on both rosters, but are there a few you'd like to at least highlight in, in terms of both their success in the classroom and on the, uh, on the race course? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a, there's definitely a group of kids who are, are running well right now, to be very honest. You know, uh, Marcos Gonzalez uh, ran the fastest time in school history this past weekend at Gans Creek. Um, incredible field there. He went out and just competed really well. Um, I don't like to refer to things as school records in cross country because every course is just a little bit different. They're sure. not always measured exactly to 8,000 meters. It might be 7,800 or it might be 8,100 or somewhere in between so but yeah marcos ran the fastest time in school history this past week uh which is it was pretty exciting and then uh ryan montero ran really really well ryan uh is coming off of an injury last spring so uh he literally didn't start running until july he was at the one second of an all-time best there and then tommy ward um entered the all-time list as well this past week so he's uh you know we're building something special here and we start to look at the history of Creighton and what we've done on the guy side as well as the women's side you know Morgan Coca ran really well and we have Kara Ruper who uh entered the all-time list this past weekend as well Carly Manchester ran well um Caroline Colburn's coming off of an injury and she's just about back to her form as well and all those girls will be uh, athletes that are on that all-time list are just about there. And so when we look at what these kids have done over the past couple of years, it's pretty spectacular. You know, we've got it done in the classroom, but um, on the track and on the course, I think we're uh, coach fairs where it runs, keeps track of all these stats for me. I think we're up to 141 all-time marks in 20 school records in the last four years. And uh, when we start to look at, you know, what we've done academically, pretty special, but, you know, our men were regionally ranked last fall for the first time in school history. You know, it's, it's been pretty spectacular. Um, unfortunately this year, Daniel Holdings uh, kind of struggled with some injuries. She hasn't been running. Um, we're probably looking at a medical there, uh, but she was planning on being back for a sixth year or on campus for a sixth year in a master's program anyway. So, um, you know, hopefully we can get her healthy and, and spun around for, for track season this winter. And it has to help that you're in a really good league for cross country. I mean, the Big East is is pretty solid. <laughs> you can look at that both ways, John. <laughs> <laughs> steel sharpened steel, or my gosh, yeah. look at this mountain we have to climb. <laughs> yeah, right. No, exactly. Uh, yeah, no, arguably one of the best conferences in the nation for cross country. People say all the time. 
um, Big East is a basketball conference that I always come back with. The Big East has more national championships in cross country than they do in basketball, uh, <laughs> which is spectacular and a stat that most people aren't aware. But yeah, Villanova, Providence, Georgetown, UConn on the women's side, and Butler, it is an absolute gauntlet uh, at the top of the Big East in cross country. I think right now, um, each, each men's and women's side has... Uh, like, five or six teams regionally ranked and I think four or five teams nationally ranked right now yeah. in the big East for cross country. So yeah, that's just around the corner for us. Um, you know, we've made a lot of strides in, in my four years here. Like my first year, we were 120 points out of fifth place on the men's side. And last year where we closed that gap to 32 and I've always said, you know, um, if we can get to the top half of the big East, we've, we've accomplished something pretty spectacular here at Creighton. So Chris, how did you, as a former triple jumper, end up as a cross-country coach? <laughs> Sean, that's a long story. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I got uh, – I left my my uh, college career as a, as a jumper uh, and took over uh, – private high school on the east coast and, and coached was a head coach there um and i went down to fort hayes state university down in kansas and uh coached the coached the jumps primarily uh, i was pretty successful down there and we had a couple all-americans and ncaa regional athlete of the year and uh, at the end of that i honestly was burnt out on coaching uh at the college level there's no money in it in the sport of crack and cross country yeah. uh the hours are long uh you're on the road all year so um decided to take a break from it took a job in fitness which led me to omaha uh missed coaching and uh reached out to a contact i had at omaha gross and uh, they had one job open on the staff. It was the distance position. I knew nothing about it. And uh, <laughs> I had a master's degree in human performance. And so I was like, well, I'm going to learn. Uh, it took me one season to absolutely fall in love with it. And uh, I've never really looked back since. So um, it's just uh, to me, it's I'm, I'm a big dork. I read all the time. I you know study all the time. I'm a lifelong learner. And uh, distance running is applied science and uh, to a point. And then there's the art of the coaching as well. And to be able to blend those two things together is, is uh, I'm a pretty lucky guy to, to get to do what I do each day. So. I, th I find that the best coaches are the ones who never believe that they've learned everything, you know, that they that they're oh, always absolutely. something to learn. And and for you to kind of get in on the ground floor of distance running versus where your athletic skill set was. I mean, it's almost it's almost like a, a, a cycle where it's just constantly feeding each other your natural curiosity, plus just wanting to grow in this position. Yeah, absolutely. I honestly think that I am. No, I would not have been as good of a coach as I am had I grown up in a distance background because I would have these, you know, preconceived notions and mindsets to this is the way things should have been done. But because I came to it with an open mind and I was very fortunate to at Fort Hayes have coached in the RMAC, um, which is, you know, Colorado School of Mines and Adams State and Western to have made coaching contacts and colleagues there, the people that I could reach out to when I when I moved into the distance world to learn from. Uh, that, that it was just, yeah, it was absorb everything. Um, and on the flip side of it, because of my sprint biomechanics jumping background, I have some of those tools that maybe not every distance coach has because most distance coaches aren't familiar with, uh, you know, 
application of force and biomechanical movement, whereas that's 100% what sprints and jumps are. So, um, you know, and then you throw coach Fairs into the mix. Uh, he's been integral to what he's brought to our program and to me as a coach, you know, he's a sub four minute miler and running a couple Olympic trials and a multi-time all American. Um, there's definitely a lot to learn from there. And I'm not afraid to say that I'm learning from a, a young coach. It has made our program better. And, uh, he and I, he and I balance each other out really well. Um, from energy levels to knowledge levels to experience levels. It's been a great partnership to have him on board here as well, too. Uh, and, and you mentioned Coach Fires. Apparently, I, I am told, I am told by a source that he is a rabid devourer of donuts. <laughs> That's an understatement. <laughs> when, you know, when the fire's hot enough, anything burns, John. And, uh, <laughs> you know, if you're capable of uh, going out and running 358 for the mile, I promise you anything burns. Uh, you know, there's a rumor as well that uh, somehow Billy the Blue Jay ran a five minute flat mile. I, there is video footage of that someplace. Really? So I don't know who or may, who may have not have been inside of Billy when that happens, but uh, <laughs> we did. We did submit to the Guinness Book of World Records for that to be recognized as the fastest mile in a mascot costume. And they said that was not a category that they had. But Oh, um, come on. I know. I will hold it down that Billy the Blue Jay is the fastest mascot in the world. Coach, uh, I, I we could go on a lot further, but I, wa I wanted to let folks know that as this podcast drops, we're a week out uh, from the big event, Platte River Rumble, Mahoney State Park. If fans would like to come out and you mentioned there's going to be a beer garden, it's it's a very spectator friendly course. Just give us the kind of the rundown of what fans can expect and, and when they should be out there. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I would encourage people to either go to uh, social media pages, Omaha Sports Commission, uh, Creighton Cross Country. Um, and follow along there. We'll have some QR codes. We'll have some links set up for people. Uh, if you do not have an annual pass for the state park, you will need to purchase a day pass to get out there that day for the state park. But that's uh, that's fantastic um, to support our community and the work that they've done in that area. Uh, I would encourage people to arrive early. There is only one way into Mahoney State Park. Uh, at the same time, the food trucks will be there and set up by 11. The beer will be poured. Uh, you're more than welcome to arrive early and kind of enjoy. We have a DJ coming out. So uh, it's the weather right now forecast looks great so definitely uh, just check out the check out the easiest thing would be to check out the twitter pages or just on jump onto either our website uno's website or the omaha sports commission website for additional details and links um course maps parking all that information on there as well coach chris gannon cross crunt uh ah, creighton cross this, this is why we record these things is because i can't speak Chris Gannon, head coach, cross country, joining us here on uh, 1620 The Jays. Coach, it's been great catching up with you. We really appreciate it. Good luck with the event. Good luck with the rest of the season. We'll definitely do this again because I understand we have more to talk about, including your budding career as a podcaster. Hey, John, you know, the, the podcast thing, I didn't ever plan on it, but uh, it was a lot of fun over COVID as we've got into normal coaching cycles. Again, it's been pretty tough to keep up. It's we used to be every other week and now it's like <laughs> three times a quarter now. <laughs> <laughs> That's the beauty of podcasts is you're not on a deadline. You can put as yeah, many or as few as you want. Yeah, sounds good. Awesome, John. Well, I appreciate the time. Uh, have a have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. So again, the Platte River Rumble in cooperation with Nebraska Omaha the Omaha Sports Commission and the Nebraska Game and Parks. 
will be held on Friday, October the 14th. Mahoney State Park Women's Cross Country Run begins at 1 o'clock. The men's race, the 8K, will start at 1.45. There will be a DJ there, food trucks, beer garden, and a lot more. If you're interested, don't forget, of course, you're at a state park, so you do need to have at least a temporary park pass, and you can buy that park permit online and print it off ahead of time. Just search Nebraska Game and Parks, and you'll be able to buy that pass and take it with you. Of course, uh, you'll want to get there early. It is a very friendly course for spectators, so you'll be able to see all of the action at a beautiful site at Mahoney State Park. Again, that is a week from this Friday, Friday, October the 14th. Elsewhere around Creighton Athletics, it was a big weekend for golf, both the men and the women having great success at the Big O Classic. For the Creighton women, Eleanor Hudpole wins the Big O Classic. She uh, helped her team to a second-place finish at the event, which happened this past Tuesday at Oak Hills Country Club. Hudpole shot an overall 219 and had a two-shot victory over the rest of the field. On the men's side, Sean Campbell, he won the individual championship at the Big O Classic. He had an eagle and four birdies over his first seven holes on Monday in route to a round low of 66 and then followed that up on Tuesday with an even par round of 72 to outpace the field. The Creighton men's team finished fifth. Again, that's at the Big O Classic. For their efforts, Hudpole and Campbell both won Big East Men's and Women's Golfer of the Week. On the soccer pitch, the women's team got back into action Thursday night in Queens, ending up in a 1-1 draw with St. John's. The women will be back in action and back at home Sunday against Villanova. That will start at noon. The men's soccer team... A week off between matches last Saturday at Morrison Stadium. Men got the win 3-1. to one. This Saturday, they will play host to St. John's. That will be a night match, 6-30. And you'll be able to catch that on Flow Sports. The Creighton volleyball team also getting a week off between matches. Last Friday, the Jays swept Butler three straight. This Friday night, they'll be on the road for back-to-back nights First off, Friday night, 5.30 at Stores, Connecticut against the Yukon Huskies. And then the next day, 3.30 match, Saturday afternoon at Providence. And then next week, next Friday, it's the big one. The two top teams in the Big East Conference do battle for the first time this season. Creighton, Marquette at the Ryan Athletic Center in DJ Sokol Arena. 6.30 is first match serve. And that will be heard on our sister station, 1180 The Zone. Again, October 14th at Sokol Arena against the Marquette Golden Eagles. Taking a look at what else is going to be happening over the next few days in Creighton Athletics. Men's tennis is at the Great Drake Invitational. That will be taking place on Friday. Softball has a couple of games this weekend. One against Des Moines Area Community College. That's Friday afternoon, and then they will take on Butler Community College Saturday afternoon at 1 o'clock. We mentioned again, Creighton Volleyball is at UConn Friday night, and then Providence on Saturday afternoon. Men's Soccer taking on St. John's Saturday night over at Morrison Stadium. The men's golf team will be at the Carolina Cup over the weekend. Women's Soccer 
will be battling Villanova. That'll be coming up Sunday afternoon at noon, and the women's golf team returns to action at the Loyola Fall Invitational. That will get started on Monday. Well, coming up next week, we will have another new, fresh edition of the 1620 The Jays podcast. For my colleagues, Connor Happer and Josh Peterson, I'm John Bishop. Thanks for joining us. The 1620 The Jays podcast is a co-production of Creighton Athletics and NRG Media Omaha. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.